Hello, and welcome to Terrifying Robot Dog. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we're here to talk about how technology is changing the way we interact with the world. This week, we're going to talk about facial recognition, machine learning, sharp eyes, and a whole bunch of other waffly machine learning AI stuff. Please stay tuned. Terrifying Robot Dog is next. Coming to you from the home office. I hope I sound okay. Yeah, it sounds fine. Cool. You sound better than I feel. So. <laughs> <laughs> yes, you sugar binge. Yeah, sugar binge and then allergies. It was, I, I, I have regrets. But <laughs> we have we have survived junior year, and the, the kid has scheduled her classes for her senior year and her college courses, and it's wild. It's crazy. You almost have an adult. I know, yeah. Very cra- It's very crazy. I'm like... It is, yeah. I'm not looking forward to it. I am and I'm not. <laughs> <sighs> Enough about that. Let's talk about games. Okay. To totally surprise you with the topic. Yeah, yeah, you did totally surprise me with the topic. Did we? I don't think we did an update on the. Uh, did we update on the build of your cabinet? Have you had any changes since the last time we spoke? Uh, I have had changes since the last time we spoke. I got a lot more done. I got all my holes drilled. I got it stained. I got my buttons installed. <sighs> I need to do. I need to. Tomorrow, I'm going to mount the joysticks and then put in all the, the electronics and, and wire it up and hopefully finish it. So. Cool. Cool, cool. Is there anything yeah. to link to in the show notes on the current iteration? Mm, not yet, but there there will be for the next episode. Cool. Got it. I, please, video. We want to see video <laughs> yeah. of like the joysticks in action. I want to hear the joysticks in action. I want to hear the, the joysticks buttons. in action, yeah. Yeah. Because like, so some of those buttons, like I remember... You, you know, when we used to go to DG's Arcade at the airport plaza mm-hmm. in Warwick, Rhode Island, there were, you know, some, some of those Galaga machines you'd go to, and the, the button didn't, it was a little, little stiff. The action on that button was a little stiff. We'd go to the, the left one, the one over on the left. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I tell you, this thing is loud. Like, these, these buttons, they just echo and really resonate in the wood, the, um, the wood enclosure, like, a lot. So, this is not going to be a quiet gaming experience. I may have to... May have to see if I can put some foam in there or something. Nice. I don't know. Throw a blanket in, like a baffle. Yeah, we'll kick see. Drum. We'll see how it sounds once once I get all the electronics and cords and cables and stuff in there. That might dampen the sound a lot too. So mm. we'll see. Cool. Love it. All right. Uh, okay. So we were talking before the show about the sort of state of affairs in tech you know google io was i think it was last week it might have been a little a little bit more than last week but um you know the headlines are like we're, we're sort of at the i feel like we're at at the end of a phase and the beginning of a new phase and it's sort of it's kind of like it feels like small news kind of mm-hmm. you know it's like a new pixel three phones and like a smart screen for your house like yawn like everything's getting better Nothing is really new and surprising, and everything's just getting better. Right. Like, nothing, there was no, you know, I, I, you can't say that I, like, sat through the whole keynote or anything like that, but, you know, in the roundups, it's, like, incremental improvements to existing things, like a new version mm-hmm. of Android with dark mode and focus mode and uh, family time, you know, this sort of, like, incremental improvements to, like, existing technology, which is a total normal normal thing to see at the end of an S curve where you've got this sort of slow ramp up of this new, new game changing technology and then boom, a hockey stick. And then it sort of curves off at the top and it starts to plateau because it's mainstream. I saw a number the other day that 
something, you know, more than, more than half of the world's population has a smartphone, either Android or iOS, you know, four, oh, wow. four billion plus have a smartphone, which is, you know, it used to be four billion had a mobile phone, which included mm-hmm. feature phones. And that was as recently as say, what's the last time I did a talk like 15? that? 2015? Yeah. 14, 15. The numbers were, you know, it was, it was like two or three billion had smartphones, but the adoption curve, uh, sorry, the replacement cycle for a phone is pretty quick, you know, 18 mm-hmm. months or so, much quicker than like an appliance or even a computer. So, you know, it was inevitable that it's people's flip phones were going to die and then they go to get a new phone and the only option is like Android or iOS. So naturally that 4 billion number of connected people turned into like 4 billion smartphone owners. And right. And like, you, can, you can get a basic, a basic smartphone for super cheap. Yeah. Like 25 bucks. Yeah. Yeah. So, you know, that's not nothing around the world, but uh, that's, you know, it's not a thousand like it used to be. Right. Right. It's not like a $800 flagship Samsung phone or a, or a you know, iPhone X Mega. Yeah, the, like the the barrier to entry price wise just collapsed by mm-hmm. like a hundred. You know, so it's you know maybe not quite a hundred, but but significantly, you know, decreased. So okay, that's sort of interesting, but it's like it's, it's not like eh, wow, it's kind of like yawn. <laughs> and at the same time, so, so what's interesting is some of you know that platform exists. Like the mobile device is the computing platform for planet earth that's the primary platform that you know yeah. for end users and it's you know compared to say like laptops desktops or, or tablets like it's the phone the time is spent on the phone and that's very interesting development but it's, that's been a long time coming yeah it's, it's been predictable exactly right so the new sort of the new platform there's two new platforms that there's really three we talk about them all one is the sort of machine learning ai area the next is the concept of blockchain public ledger technology is very interesting and different and uh, vr ar that sort of that sort of area it's all very interesting cgi all that stuff 360 degree video that kind of like uh, i I could see that one mostly as entertainment i see blockchain Mm -hmm. mostly as like security like financial yeah it's like a database nerd thing it's like um it's a data nerd thing really uh, which has applications that has ap- brought applications the same way that like relational databases had in the seventies. Very interesting. You know, relational databases were a game changer. Blockchain is going to be a game changer in the same way. It's going to touch everything. Um, and then machine learning, same thing. It's like a, it's like a, a technology play that suddenly starting to work and be useful. And that's going to, it's going to touch everything. It's going to be in everything the way that like an electric motors and everything now. So some of those advancements, so today we kind of wanted to talk about some of the applications of the machine learning specifically, uh, computer vision, that kind of thing. And, you know, like Google Assistant, that sort of stuff. Because that some of the announcements from Google I.O. that were not like, hey, we've got a new phone you can buy, it's so boring, is like the, the changes to Google Assistant are pretty interesting. And just more broadly, the ability for computers to do stuff that sort of interns or low paid hourly employees would have done in the past or, you know, even more advanced stuff, but you know, it's the stuff, stuff, uh, a doctor would do reading x-rays or, um, or, uh, diagnosing Processing your legal case. Yep. All that, you know, white collar stuff, but there's, a, there's plenty of, there's like so much, it's like this morning I had to make it, you know, like an annual physical appointment, like doctor's appointment for one of the kids. 
And I would pay 50 bucks to have a recording of that phone call because just play it. <laughs> it was it was worse than one of those. It was a live person, but mm-hmm. it was worse than one of those terrible um, voice response systems where you're like, press three to, you know, press nine to do, and you get to nine. And none of the options were the ones you wanted. It's like, okay, <laughs> yeah. press zero for another menu of options. It was way worse than that. I actually said to the person, I was like, I was like, can you hear me? Like, I wasn't sure if the person could hear <laughs> right. me or not. Cause I was saying things like my email, you know, can you, what email address do you have for me? Cause I haven't gotten anything from you. And then she yeah. reads me Erica's email address, but it was, had a typo in it. And I was like, okay, that's, that's the wrong email address. It has a typo in it. Let me give you the correct one for that. And then I'll also give you mine. And she goes, okay, so you guys use two different email addresses. And I'm like saying to myself, is that weird? Like, what? Is that weird? I was like, yes, we use two different email addresses. I mean, we use like five different email addresses between the two of us. Yeah. Yeah. So then she's like, so she reads the, you know, it had an extra two in it. So it was like, Mm -hmm. you know, Erica's email address, number two at gmail.com. And so she's like, okay, so that's yours. So like I corrected it without, it's it's that, but without the two. So she Mm -hmm. goes, okay, so that's yours. And I was like, No. Like, do I sound like an Erica? <laughs> Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah. Right. And so, so then I'm like, and then I was like, oh man, because my email address is long. Yeah, it is. I was like, this is gonna it's be simple, but a it's nightmare. long. <laughs> and, and she had, and it's it's my full name. It's like right. jstark at myfullname.com. So, and she's got that information in front of her because she she read it to me, but I'm not confident that it's not misspelled in her system already because Jonathan's really people misspell it all the time. Mm-hmm. <laughs> So she goes, not to rant about this, but it does, it is on point. She, she says, okay. So I said, it's jstark at jonathanstark.com to give her the context. I was like, and I'll spell that for you because it's really hard to spell. She's uh-huh. okay. And she, she goes, okay. So I spell it. And then she goes, okay. So let me, and I said, could you read that back to me? And she says, sure. So she goes, she, and, and she reads it back. The first part she read was jstork. Which understandably is a mispronunciation of my name, but I just spelled it for her. Just spelled it for her, yeah. And then she what goes, gets me? and then she goes at Jonathan Stark. No, and then she goes J Stork, JonathanStark.com at gmail.com. And I was what? like, no. What? Not every address is a Gmail address. And like, no concept of like how, I mean, just no concept of the structure of an email. So, okay, fine. Not everybody's in tech. I'm not in tech. I mean, I am mm-hmm. in tech. She's not in tech. She works at my doctor's office, but right. she schedules appointments for people all day long and like has to do contact. For, and anyway, point being rant over point being, I would have much rather talked to Google assistant. Yeah. Like Google assistant would have been way better at that, that whole exchange than a, someone who, someone who's probably very talented at something, but not at making appointments or accepting contact information over the phone. Right. What what gets me, and I've had it happen more times than I can count at this point, is someone will email me and then they will spell my name in in the body of the email. They will spell my name with a Y. Even though the address includes the correct spelling. Like, my name is in the email address twice. <laughs> <laughs> you have to spell it correctly twice to email me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So... <laughs> Anywho. I'm going to refer to you as Mr. Stork from now on. Oh, yeah. Oh, please. That's uh, yeah. a shark is another one. 
Shark? Oh, good. Starks is another one. There's a famous basketball player. His last name is Starks. So anybody who's like a sports nut or a basketball mm-hmm. nut can't hear my name. They can't hear it. They hear it with an S on the end every time. But guess who doesn't hear it with an S on the end every time? Google Assistant. Google Assistant. Exactly. So I read about, remember Duplex, which was last Google I.O., they did a uh, demo of the Assistant. Calling and making an appointment for you? Yeah. So combination yeah. of of text-to-speech, just brilliant, brilliant text-to-speech, just amazing, amazingly realistic, like to the point where you couldn't tell you were talking to a, a robot was talking to you. Mm-hmm. You know, ums, ahs, uh, mouth sounds like, you know, and, and breaths and, uh, you know, all that. Just like really convincing. And also, you know, and it, so that's sort of one discrete technology is it just being able to talk in a convincing way. And then the other, the uh, on coming back the other way was, you know, the natural language understanding. So, and, and through heavy accents, lots of background noise, very confusing conversations and it was able to do easily as good a job as a human if not better as a kind of just described right. <laughs> it was uh, so okay so there the new announcement is kind of weird i haven't seen a video of this yet it sounds it sounds interesting but there was a lot of backlash at the time about you know you should let the person on the other end know that you're a robot first that they're not talking to a human and i was kind of like mm, why yeah, I guess. I really yeah, I don't really care. It's not. They're making an appointment to get your hair cut. It's not like. Uh, it's not like I think this person is diagnosing my illness, and right. and perhaps I would lend it a different level of credibility if I knew it was a person or not a person. Yeah, Google interview or Google Assistant's not doing your phone interview for you. Yeah, I mean, maybe there'll be a day when, <laughs> but <laughs> it's kind of like, um, who cares? If an actual assistant or a virtual assistant or a robot assistant makes my haircut appointment or my or schedules a uh, uh, a reservation at a restaurant, like, mm-hmm. okay, well, okay, whatever. It, it bothered everybody. There was some backlash. It didn't bother me, but I get it. that people are people do get annoyed by that sort of thing sometimes. So this new this new one is sort of like a. It sounds like a web version where it kind of nat. It almost sounds like a, a, a Chrome extension that you tell it what you're trying to achieve and it sort of navigates on your behalf and goes around and, and you know, will schedule a flight for you by kind of going to a page, reading the page, understanding the page, taking the actions that you would take mm-hmm. based on your desired outcome. And it just goes through the process and like figures it out, which, you know, it really boils down to like, if that's good, it really boils down to like, well, how good is it? Is it, sorry, if it's useful, it depends on how good it is. But so many of these websites, and we, you know, we've been fighting this battle for years. There's just like no end of really, really horrible uh, user experiences on so many websites from big companies. That just like they're so disjointed, and you know, individual components are developed by completely different teams, and it doesn't really blend together. Yeah, Kira was trying to apply for a job the other day, and she went in the store to fill out an application, and they said, "Oh, just do it online." So mm-hmm. she came back, and depending on how you searched for the location, not even like a job title or anything, just how you searched for our location determined on whether or not you saw the job listing. Mm. Like you could put in the zip code, you could put in the name of the city, you could select the state first and enter the name of the city. 
there were like four or five different ways to search by location, and one of them would show the job listing. Mm. Yeah, <laughs> so you gotta so, like get... we, we ended up trying all of them because like I know it's on here. <laughs> yeah, you have to like have amazing Google foo to like get yeah. to this thing that. Yeah, it's it's incredible. I mean, we similar experience uh, trying to book a Disney vacation a couple of years ago, mm-hmm. where it's. It, I mean. I'll give them some credit that it's a very confusing list of options that they need to present to the the purchaser. It is, I mean, they have so many packages and, and so many options and where do you start? Which, which questions can you answer? Which ones can't you? Like, I know it needs to be these dates or are your dates flexible? Or I know I want to be in this kind of a place or I don't know where I want to stay. I know I want to be close enough to, it's very complicated. It would right. be it would be amazing if an, if you could just say, look, here's the outcome I want. This is the experience I want of my Disney vacation or whatever. And this thing just sort of navigated through, all, you know, in front of me. Yeah. Just like a bot navigated through all the web pages and like filled out the information and just like maybe I put my finger on the fingerprint reader when it goes to enter my credit card information. Credit card and, number. Yeah. Yeah. Like I'm about to I'm about to purchase event tickets for Gen Con. And it's like, okay, I have to be at my computer at a specific time to click the specific button. <laughs> and then I have to wait some indeterminate amount of time while it does this processing. And depending on how far back I am in the queue is how long it's going to take. And so then I have like two hours after it's processed to actually buy the tickets before they get released back into the system. <laughs> mm-hmm. And it's, yeah. It's not a good use of a human being's time. No, like that's not how I want to spend my Sunday. Right. But that's how I'm going to spend my Sunday. Because we want to do fun things at Gen Con. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, we're just talking about all these different, you know, internet, please have like mm-hmm. an automated travel agent, Google Assistant for Disney because we're trying to plan a new trip. And it's like, even with, I even have a travel agent this time. And it's. I just started to say, you could get an actual travel agent. It doesn't help. Doesn't help. Because then now it's like all this back and forth over email. And then it's like, well, you know, here here are three possible plans, and like none of them are quite right. And they're like, well, if these are the, you know, because you get the thing, and it's like, well, if these are the options, and these are the prices, mm-hmm. none of them are really exactly what I want. Like the 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 option that's a really good one is way too expensive. So how do we, you know, what do we take out? And then so it's back and forth, back and forth, back. Like, maybe we should just have a phone call. Okay, great. Here's my calendar. Now it's okay. Oh, I'm <laughs> busy this week. We've got a what? You know, and it's like, just figure it out. <laughs> 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 just read my mind and and here's my credit card and like tell me where to show up you know so <laughs> i mean I, and i feel but as i'm you know it's like we're laughing but i feel like we could actually get there like I, we could get close I yeah, think, yeah pretty close you know so it's like if the job that's being done by the human in the middle is just navigating a horrible user user experience on your behalf like that's mm-hmm. that's not sustainable like because be like, here's the things I want to do. Here's a couple of alternatives. If those don't work out, figure it out. Better yet, here are the feelings I want to experience. Oh, there you go. <laughs> you know, these are, these are the memories I'd like to create. You figure it out. <laughs> <laughs> it, you know, and it could, it could, I could say, all right, I'm going to talk to Kelly about my ideal Disney vacation on the podcast and then I'm going to feed the podcast audio into the assistant and just be like, you've got a $5,000 budget or whatever the budget is. Mm-hmm. Here's your budget. You go for it. Get back to me. Like, I feel like 5,000 isn't enough for Disney. Uh, no, it's probably, well, it depends on how long you're going to go, of course, but I guess so. You know, some of the numbers we got back were like, I mean, some of the places were like, Oh, this place looks nice. Oh, $20,000 a night. 
<laughs> Maybe not. Um, but yeah, it was looking more like seven or eight, probably. But whatever. <laughs> uh, yeah, that's a yeah. So okay, so one of the big applications of machine learning that is working and it's it's finding its way into products is facial recognition, which has been around yes. for a long time. I mean, you and I worked on a facial recognition project in like, I don't know, 2011, 2012. Did we? Yeah. I don't remember that. In the sunny Bahamas. Or maybe I, did not, I did not realize there was facial recognition involved in that. Yes. Yes, there was. We didn't build that okay. piece, but we worked on that. Okay. We worked on the sort of data once it was. The, yeah. We did. Yep. I remember that now. Yes. So uh, time flies, doesn't it? So it's not it's not like it hasn't been around, but it was it was really um, you know getting up to like trying to think now I think I think for it to be useful in in other words in order for it to be more uh, valuable I guess or to be a cheaper solution is another way to put it in in order Mm -hmm. for it to be a cheaper solution than hiring a cheap employee to just do it. Uh, it needed to be like 85% accurate. Yeah. You know, if you like ran all the numbers, you know, and the ultimate sale that resulted and so on and so forth, because it was like a, it was like a filtering mechanism in order to sell people things that, um, that, that were interesting to them. Um, then it was like, it needed to be like 85% and, and we could I'm probably remembering it not quite right, but I feel like we had it up to like 89% and it was good enough, but it was brutal getting it the last couple of percentage points. But now at least image recognition, I'm not sure if it's specific to facial recognition, but image recognition is like better than human. Now, like computer vision is better than human now for identifying objects. And since a face is such an identifiable object, I feel like it's, uh, it's gotta be in the high nineties in terms of accuracy. Like my Google photos, it's so easy to get used to this stuff. Like Google photos, cause I'm an Android user take pictures on my phone and it tags come on i don't tag anything no and you can just go back and search metadata that wasn't that was never added you just right i just totally search for maggie and it pulls up all these photos like how does it know that's maggie because like you know she's five it knows when i'm on vacation because the photos were not taken anywhere near my house and it's like here's your photos from your vacation to such and such place on this date yeah and it's all of the photos that i've taken and there'll be like other people photos of other people that aren't like i don't know it's just yeah it's crazy how how you can drill it down and how cross-connected and everything it all gets yeah it's unreal we just you yeah, had my youngest brother's wedding was this past weekend and you know, Erica took a bunch of pictures. I took a bunch of pictures. She's on iOS, but she has it, you know, connected to Google Photos on her phone. And I was just, I, I was just like, oh, can you, you know, share the wedding? Fo-? Yeah, she's just like, wedding, boom, there they all are. And it's like, mm-hmm. okay, you know, share with this person. And she hadn't sh- tagged him as a wedding or anything. No, no, you know, so boom, there they are. And it's like, you know, and then it like automatically. So check this out, okay. So, of course, there's a million faces in all these pictures, and it's all my family, so they're in my contact mm-hmm. list. So then it's like, you'll like, cl- you know, y- you go, you select a picture, and it's like, do you want to share this with Matt? Because it knows Matt's in the picture. <laughs> right. You know, and like, I just completely, now that I'm talking about it, I'm kind of like, wow. But wh- and when it was happening, I'm like, well, obviously, like, what else would you do? Of course, that's how it works. <laughs> right. You know, like, duh, you know? So it gets to the point where you could just be like, Hey Google, is my phone in here? It's gonna start listening to me. I don't think so. 
hey Google, like share all of the photos from the wedding that Matt's in with Matt, or share all of the photos from the wedding with all of the people who are in the pictures. Okay. Yeah, just hey Google, send out wedding photos. Yeah, to the appropriate people. <laughs> send out wedding photos oh, to subjects oh, my or whatever. Listening. <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> so okay, so 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 that's a, a. I think that's a really positive example of where. Facial recognition is amazing because I can see just like, oh, show me all the pictures of Maggie. And then I can like sort of mm-hmm. sit there at the end of the night, like chilling out, like scrolling through. Like, how does it know that like, like six month old Maggie and five year old Maggie is the same person? I mean, it, I can't barely tell the difference between Cooper and Maggie when they were babies. Yeah. You know what I mean? So it's like, uh, wow, that's cool. It's very useful, you know, for sharing, for categorizing, for reminiscing, for uh, yeah, maybe even backing up, you know, just back up pictures of the kids. I don't want to back up everything. Just back up pictures of the kids. All that stuff's super useful. But the flip side of it is uh, some of this, some of the other applications that, that we saw before, you know, we were sort of re- researching this. Like one example was uh, Taylor Swift had... <laughs> the kiosk at a her ki- concert. The kiosk at her concert. Like, hey, do you want to see backstage... Uh, the Taylor Swift rehearsals, like getting ready for the show, there's like a line of people at these kiosks and they're all looking at them. But guess what? There's a camera. Kiosk is looking back. <laughs> kiosk is looking back and scanning, scanning people's faces and sending it to some place in Nashville, Tennessee. They some, for some reason mentioned that was cross-referencing the, uh, the facial scan against her stalker database, which apparently is <laughs> pretty big in the hundreds at least yeah so where and and technically legally the concert's a private event and they're allowed to surveil whoever they want however they Mm -hmm. want but probably in the very fine print on the back of your ticket right and you know you go to uh, a bank or a restaurant or Mm -hmm. even my karate school there's cameras everywhere so I guess that's just normal. I certainly don't notice them or like I'm not freaked out by it. Yeah, I'm I'm largely okay with it in a lot of contexts. If they want to do facial recognition in an airport or at a like you said at a bank or maybe even a school. Yeah, school. Yeah, maybe, right? Isn't that a little mm, maybe. maybe not? Yeah, that's that's <laughs> weird. That's weird that I I suddenly went, "Well, wait a minute, maybe not." But um I'm kind of okay with it for security reasons, but at the same time, then you get into this whole, this whole, oh, police state, yada, yada thing. And I don't know. I feel like there's a line somewhere. Um, I'm not sure where it is or why I feel that it would be at a, a particular in one place and not another. Right. Yeah. And, and so with the, I think it has a lot to do with intentions and in the Taylor Swift case, guaranteed there was a meeting where they said, how can we trick people into staring at this camera? Guaranteed. Yeah. And, you know, it's like, is it for nefarious purposes? No, but they're definitely trying to trick people. Mm-hmm. So it's like, hmm, you know, that seems like a little I, sketch. Like, to me, it would have it would have been less sketchy if there were just obvious cameras at all the entrances and exits taking pictures of people as they come in and out. Right. Yeah, exactly. But, you know, those are probably the venue. They can't carry those around with them. They'd have to... St- partner with each arena to set that up and get the feed. To wire them up or yeah. Yeah. At the very least the setup would be a lot more difficult. Yeah. Instead you just drop in a wireless kiosk that is pro- probably battery powered. You just roll it out, just line them up. You're done. And it 
beams your photos to Tennessee. Exactly. Right. So there's an, so related, another one is sort of like has to do with uh, opt-in versus opt-out is basically what it boils down to mm-hmm. is uh, the JetBlue story that you pr- pulled up. Yeah, about the JetBlue using facial recognition uh, with the intention being to sort of streamline the passenger boarding experience. Mm-hmm. And and people being like, you know, how, when did I ever opt into this? How did you get my photos in the first place? Mm-hmm. And JetBlue's response is, oh, we pull it from this Department of Homeland Security database that we have access to. Yeah. Which I find really weird. So, I find it, yeah, go ahead. I find it very strange that... Well, first of all, there's there's no explanation from JetBlue about who at their company has access to that database and in what way. But I find it very weird that it like there must be some heavy restrictions on it because I know like like if to get access to government databases of information about people requires criminal background checks and 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 various clearances. Mm-hmm. So it just seems weird that. That JetBlue would have it for their, for their um, machine learning AI, but yeah. I don't know. Yeah, I mean, if I was sitting in the design meeting for this, right, mm-hmm. I would be like, well, if airlines, it's already a heavily secured area, the gates, all that stuff. There's probably all sorts of. I guarantee you, there's all sorts of restrictions and um, uh, regulations about. What can be installed? Who can do the installation? Uh, I'm sure. I'm positive. Yeah, it, like it wouldn't surprise me a bit if they're doing the exact same facial recognition at the security checkpoints. Right. So, and if I was in the design meeting, and you know, it was like JetBlue's there, and the Department of Homeland Security database people are there, it's kind of like, well, look, you know, we don't want to query the database to return all photos. Like that's not what we're trying to do. What mm-hmm. we're trying to do is send a photo of a person who's standing right here which we can probably prove that that's where we got it. Maybe, maybe not. Cause that's also interesting. Like what if I just hold up a picture of somebody on my phone and like, Hey, who's this person? Yeah. So, you know, there's some sort of, you know, it's like, it's like, I'm not allowed to query the database in general, like return all uh, men over the age of 65. You know, I'm sure that if I was in the design meeting, I was like, we don't want that kind of access. Like not only yeah. is that not what we're asking for, we don't want it. Right. What we do want is to send you a, a photo from this particular camera and it can be watermarked from the camera or could have some sort of um, digital signature or something. Something that would be tough to spoof. Send it over there and then just return us the person's name or like their identifying information that's going to map it to a boarding pass. Or a ticket, yeah. Because it does sound like, you know, as someone who has spent quite a bit of time in the air, it does Mm -hmm. sound pretty sweet to be able to walk up, not have to put down my coffee, not have to pull out my phone, wake the screen back up, unlock the phone, or pull out this crumbled piece of paper out of my bed. Oh, I left it at the yeah. restaurant. I'll be right back. You know, right. all of that stuff is a pain, and it would be pretty sweet to be able to just look into a camera and be done with it. Yeah, and- my last experience flying, which is annoying because it was my first experience flying first class, my last experience flying was pretty terrible when I wasn't on the plane. Yeah. Flying and- is awful. Yeah, and there are ways that machine learning and AI and image recognition could have certainly improved and streamlined the process. Yeah, I, yeah, I agree. I mean, it's a it's a brutal. You know, it's just, you know airports were de- designed for planes, not people, and it shows mm-hmm. like everywhere. So, but whatever. Side side topic. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think there's a huge there are huge opportunities for improvement there that machine learning could be applied to because think of all the you know not to 
you know, not to be like techno utopian libertarian, like dark about it, but there's a lot of, mm, there's just a lot of, uh, what to call it like inefficiency in the system. Yeah. And it just feels like there are a lot of people who are doing a job that's not really well suited to people. Yeah. Well, even, even the ones that are, I feel like could, some of them could be just as easily done with a, with, with machine learning, with an AI, with a good assistant type application. Because I mean, for instance, I'm blind. (laughs) I can't see. I get a person to help me find my, navigate my way through the airport to, to the gate because I can't, I can't see a sign unless I'm standing right next to it. So finding my way around is a, is a pain. And so I was there last time and I was flying and the guy who was showing me to my gate clearly had other things that he would rather be doing and was in a hurry to get back to. <laughs> oh God. I mean, I'm I laughing, was clearly inconvenience. I, 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 I was clearly an inconvenience to him. Right. And whereas if I had just been able to pull out my phone and it had some kind of interactive map that said, walk this way. Oh, hey, there's a turn here. Go here instead. Go here. Mm. It would have, one, it would have made me feel, one, more independent. Yeah. And like I wasn't inconveniencing someone. And and then this dude could have got on with doing whatever thing he needed to be doing. Yeah, like check his phone. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> he needed to check his yeah, Insta. He could, he could go back to Instagram. <laughs> Sorry, buddy. Uh, that's, uh, that's awful. So, so this, the JetBlue thing could be good it could be cool mm-hmm. and uh, it feels like the uh, flub here is that it wasn't opt-in or this particular person was like or the policy wasn't explained when you bought the ticket it just wasn't or, clear so yeah so i mean i i can think of situations there's one time one t- story i've told a couple times about the first time i started using um what was it i think it was the first version of google assistant uh it was there was it was called something before that though it was like google now yeah google now yeah and i get you know I, on a sunday we went out and got in the car we were planning to go somewhere and my phone just randomly sent me an alert of the directions to the place we were about to go right well it seemed random to you i'm sure it wasn't well that's the thing we probably yeah. did it like pretty commonly on sundays mm-hmm. and it either recognized we were in the car or it it was the time that we usually leave. It's a kind of embarrassing. Or maybe you'd emailed Erica about going on Sunday or something. I checked that. It wasn't, we hadn't, mm. and it wasn't in our calendar either because I looked for that. Mm-hmm. But it was kind of embarrassing to know that I was that predictable. <laughs> and I was. It's okay for a while. My phone thought I worked at Walmart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, and Erica's phone and Google Maps, it marked the uh, target as her as our home <laughs> yeah because <laughs> she's there so much yeah it, for a while my home was listed as tf green airport <laughs> or no sorry that was my office i thought my office yeah. was tf green airport tf green airport yeah, yeah. <laughs> so yeah it it, it 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 when it takes you by surprise sometimes it, it has a little bit too much of the creep factor and uh you, you know and you, speaking you get of, an alert on your phone you pull it out one day and it says duck <laughs> <laughs> so there's a there's a thing on my phone that uh, I've got a Android Pixel two or three, mm-hmm. and it's got you know like an iOS. A lot of the phones have these sort of recently used app things. Mm-hmm. Mine in this particular iteration, it curates that list. It orders it uh, sorts that list based on time of day. 
So like I'll flip I'll flip it up and there's like there's like all of the all of the apps in the drawer and it's just a huge alphabetical list and then at the top there's a, a, a horizontally scrollable row of what it probably thinks I'm going to do based on the time of day. So like during the day I'm in Slack a lot so it's always showing me Slack and Messenger and uh, <laughs> messaging apps and then at night it's always like Twitter, Instagram, you mm-hmm. know, like social media apps. And I, I'm, I was just it's just say this is this is handy if you're a really predictable pooper. <laughs> <laughs> I swear, totally. It like knows, it, and it it might just be it could just be that someone's like, well, people probably use these productivity apps during the day, and they during probably the day, use the entertainment apps at entertainment night. Entertainment stuff at night, yeah. So it could just be dumb, and it's tricking me, but I don't think so because it does seem to like like. Uh, recently I've been like, man, Reddit's really cool. Like I've never been a big Reddit user. I'm like, Reddit's really cool. There's like tons of good, there's tons of bad stuff, but there's tons of horrible stuff, but there, the small niche communities, there can be some, some good stuff in there. Yeah. And so I've been following, I've been following it like for politics. So I get all these alerts Mm -hmm. like politics, what's happening in the news. I get all that information from like uh, a a small number of sources, like uh, Rick Wilson on Twitter, the slash politics on uh, Reddit and and I recently ponied up for a New York Times thing. Right. So that's basically it. So at night it's like Twitter, Gmail, Reddit, because I barely ever, you know like for a time I was going into Instagram a lot because Erica was doing some stuff with the knitting store she she manages, and so I was in Instagram a lot trying to like I've never been a big Instagram fan. I just don't. Mm-hmm. I just not. It's not my thing. I like words better than pictures. And, uh, but when I was in there a lot, I feel like it was showing me Instagram a lot more in that sort of quick, quick tap tray or whatever they call it. So that's pretty cool. Like it's, it's pretty cool. Like it's just getting smarter and smarter. It's like, what are the, what are the odds this person's going to tap this at this time of day or this day of the week? Like who knows how sophisticated mm-hmm. it is? They probably don't even know. It's probably just like, it was probably just instructed to present the most useful apps and it Based presented me some, time, yeah. yeah, and it presented me some apps at a particular time and place, and it was like, oh, I didn't click on any of them. Let's try again next time, until it starts to get better and better and better, and then like, wow, they just start opening them for me, <laughs> like, <laughs> dude, you're about to go on Twitter. Admit it to yourself. <laughs> pull, pull the phone out of your pocket, and it launches Twitter. Yeah, and then, so that's and that's where the sort of um, that's where there's a slippery slope there too, because that is how proactive it becomes is going to affect your behavior. So like on the one hand, it's making things more convenient, but maybe I wasn't going to launch Twitter. Maybe I'm trying to spend less time on Twitter, but there it is. Yeah. Right in front of you. And you can just open it real quick and check this one thing. Yeah. It'll only take a second. And then two hours later, you can close the app. Mm -hmm. Angrily. Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to stop eating this chocolate, but you usually eat chocolate right now. You sure you don't want some of this chocolate? It's right here for you. Yeah, here. Well, I'm really trying to cut down, but it, you know, here, let me just put it in your mouth. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I guess that is pretty good. That's that's kind of how my day went yesterday. (laughs) See, it comes full circle. Yeah. (laughs) Oh, man. So, yeah, to, to maybe close it on the dystopian uh dystopian angle like so we sort of went from the maybe a really good applications all the way to the full china the uh (laughs) (laughs) obviously the the social credit score which you talked about before is just completely Mm -hmm. even for me who is not you know like i think privacy is overrated (laughs) uh 
I can see where things can go horribly wrong in a in a lack of privacy environment. Definitely, mm-hmm. like at, no doubt about it. But I just feel like it's a losing battle. I just there's just no way. I there are certain things I want privacy about, but in general, I think people are a lot more concerned about privacy than they need to be. Like for instance, there was a a company that had a. I don't want to name names because I don't want to make like bad press for this company, but it was related to an event I'm going to here in a few weeks. And it was like this thing where, okay, you have to buy a ticket. And some of the tickets didn't process because they had problems with their website. So they emailed a bunch of people to say, Hey, your ticket didn't go through. And I wasn't one of them. I just, I read about this. So you need to go buy it again. And like, the person who sent out this email just like didn't BCC. So now like all these email addresses are out there of these people that are going to this event. Oh. It was like 80, 80 people. Oh, oh, okay. Still, that's really bad. Yeah. And on the one hand, I'm like, well, I kind of don't care. My email address is out there everywhere anyway. I know, but it's when you intersect it with a place where everybody's going to be meeting up, it's like... Yeah, I guess so. It's like, a, it's like oh, you know, let me start either it's just like a huge phishing opportunity huge spam opportunity yeah Um, i did have my email address exposed once to several hundred other parents at my kid's school mm -hmm. like when she was in middle school and that annoyed me Mm -hmm. yeah because i'm like these are these are people in my local community if i wanted to know them and for them to have my email address they would have it (laughs) Mm -hmm. yeah the same thing, my building manager, I, I had to tell her to stop doing it. She, The mm-hmm. building manager, where there's pro- probably 100 offices in my building, yeah. they'd be like, oh, there's going to be a fire alarm test on Friday morning at 7 a.m. and like CC'd the entire building. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, eh. To teach her how to use BCC. A, yeah. And then you can't get off the reply chain. Right. So, you know, people are like, reply all, reply all, reply all. Yep. And uh, so I had to like go down there and be like, uh, Maria, you know we can see all these, right? You know? Right. Yeah, I got stuck in a really weird text message group conversation about someone's divorce once, and it was Die. just like, well, I, I don't even know who these people are anymore, because, like, I, I don't know, there's no names, they're just random phone numbers that I don't know, and it's, <laughs> it's like, like, who are you, and why are you on my phone? Oh, that's so wild. Like, yeah, they're not even associated with the names, it's just a bunch of random phone numbers, and you're like, how did yeah. I get in this thread? Yeah. Oh, that's wild. I don't even know, you know, new phone, who dis? Right. <laughs> in a group in a group text chat about someone's messy divorce that you don't even know and never wanted in to begin with. Right. And I had to be I just I did. I had to be like, um, I, I don't know what's going on here, but could you please remove me from this conversation because I think I'm here by accident. Yeah. <laughs> and and then they were like they one of them responded like, Who is this? Yeah. I don't, you're like, like, I don't know. Yeah. Get me I don't out know. of here. <laughs> Stop. I'm the ex or like, yeah, yeah, I got somebody thinks somebody has my email address and thinks that I'm a, lo- a real estate lawyer in Colorado or something. Mm-hmm. And I get these like, oh, you know, hey, got this. It's like Linda or something. It's not even my it's not even like my yeah. name or sex. And it's like, hey, Linda, I got this great opportunity. I'm like, I keep telling you, you've got the wrong email address. Yeah, that happened a time or two before as well. Yeah. yeah. So yeah. anyway, so it's I've, just, a, oh, go ahead. I just start saying I finally stopped getting things off of the other Kelly Shavers Amazon wish list. <laughs> oh, that's good. <laughs> yeah, but Unless I still use that set of cookware I got. Nice. 
Yeah, she's probably like, it never showed up. I don't know what to do. Yeah, yeah we'll just send you another one. <laughs> um, but yeah, so to, to close on the full China, that this is this is like the 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 social credit score and like cameras everywhere, like you know, kind of London CCTV, but um, or whatever it's called. Uh, but with essentially you know image recognition software behind it and like mapping everything to a kind of like a social media government issued social media profile with a score for you um they they what was it there was a a sporting event that had like sixty thousand people at it Mm -hmm. sixty thousand that's like a huge arena yeah and i yeah that is a huge amount of people yeah I've and, been in the crowds of 60,000. It's enormous. Yeah, I can't... I don't, I don't think I ever have. Like, Well, there probably weren't 60,000 at once, but Gen Con has an attendance of about 60,000. And when I was there last year, it was super crowded. But I believe I wasn't even there on the busiest day. Mm. So. Yeah, so, yeah. Anyway, so the... Uh, uh, apparently the story is that um, Chinese police arrested some dude who was hiding like you're in a concert or a sporting event there's 60,000 people around how is somebody gonna like talk about a needle in a haystack yeah and i don't think like the the ai found him i don't think you could find him without ai yeah it'd be like it it would be i mean maybe if you had 60,000 police right but that's not feasible yeah if you were if you were like the police officers convention and trying to hide Yeah, so they have Cop this... CopCon. CopCon. Yeah, that'd be a great place for a stalker to hang out. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they have this system called Sharp Eyes, which uh, I really think they should have went more Daryl Hall and John Oates and been like private eyes, but okay. <laughs> yeah. you, you missed you missed that one. Anyway, uh, so it's just some kind of monitoring system that didn't really go into detail about how... Like, was it a kiosk thing or was it just like everybody sat down and the they're just like... There's a camera in the center of the ceiling that just took a picture of the entire crowd. I was like, yep, there he is. You know, like imagine if it, if it just like there's somebody in a security office who's got a live view of the crowd and then a bubble over everybody's head, like oh, three, three overdue parking tickets. <laughs> this right. person is like a sex offender. And like, that- your, like your RPG game stats when you're playing a playing an MMO. Yeah, you exactly. Your character stats above your head. Right. You know, and it's kind of like, I mean, it's just like the JetBlue thing, really. It's like sending the, potentially, just sending image to a government database of of pictures of faces, comes back with a bunch of information. It's not a difficult technical challenge to superimpose that over somebody's head. And then, and now let's put it in a pair of glasses. (laughs) (laughs) And like every RoboCop walking around is going to have that in their, in their goggles or whatever. And they don't need to be tethered to a police car. No. Yeah, they can just, like, <laughs> hang out. It doesn't even have to be a person. Just put it in, like, every Starbucks and, oh, man, it's like, this, this, you know, what was that? It's like Big Brother's here, but the government didn't do it. We're, like, we're doing it to ourselves. Mm-hmm. I gotta go back and read that. I, I don't think I ever read that. We just, we read recently um, Brave New World, which was I still still pretty interesting, I think, even, in the, yeah. even many years later. But, yeah. <laughs> anyway. So, I mean, I guess it's like fire, right? It can burn down a city or it can keep you warm and cook your food. I guess. Yeah. Time so will tell. Time will tell, right? Um, I, I did notice that uh, maybe a ray of hope for, you know, maybe not privacy advocates, but a ray of hope 
of, of people who are fear the dystopian uh, side of things that Microsoft has, you start, you've seen more and more of these people starting ethics panels mm-hmm. with like, you know, what's an appropriate way to use this technology. And honestly, we've got, we've been dealing with privacy concerns for you know, like I think of the, the, the postal service in the United States, you know, there's severe penalties for a mail carrier for opening your mail. And could they open the mail? Yeah, it'd be super easy. Yeah. Super easy. It would, it, there'd be no, you know, how would they, like, totally easy. <laughs> totally <Right>. easy. <laughs> but the penalties are severe enough that it's like, well, it's probably not worth it. So getting busted, doing something inappropriate with, you know, say, uh, access to the, the, uh, Department of Homeland Security database on the behalf, you know, some JetBlue employee who's ticked off about or is trying to stalk Taylor Swift. Like, ah, you know, she flew JetBlue or something. Who knows? I don't know. But people are, some people are super weird and could abuse the the abuse of the system. I guess what I'm trying to say is like, who knows what's going to happen? Like every, everybody's going to come up with every possible way to hack around the systems and government agencies are traditionally not super great at, uh, at security. At security. Yeah. Especially yeah, and that's another thing. Just just the fact that these systems exist means that they are all connected to the internet, which leaves them in some way vulnerable. Yeah, or at least, right. There there there's at least a path to get there mm-hmm. from anywhere on earth. Like so anybody of the four billion people have a smartphone, theoretically, could reach it. You know, and you know, there's of course there's tons of firewalls and network security and a million things you can do. But, um, you know, just the, the, a, fr- a friend of mine, Corey Quinn does this, uh, S3 negligence awards, um, you know, Amazon S3, like people putting unencrypted user databases, like mm-hmm. in a public S3 bucket. Right. <laughs> this is like, you don't even have to be a hacker, you know, this is just like sitting there. Yeah. Speaking of, speaking of Reddit, I've been checking out Reddit lately. You should check. There's a subreddit called Open Directories. <laughs> and it's just people that have the directory listings open. <laughs> oh, I love that. Yeah. Ugh, all right. We've probably beaten this horse enough for <laughs> one day. Uh, cool. Is there anything else we should point people to? <laughs> I don't think so. Yeah. Uh, all right, folks. So that was fun. Hopefully you enjoyed that. Uh, but that's it for this week. I'm Jonathan Stark. And I'm Kelly Shaver. And we hope you join us again next time for Terrifying Robot Dog. Bye. Bye.